We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. From the lakefront to the riverfront, this is where Wisconsin sports fans come to talk. The Bill Michael Show. Now, here's your host, Bill Michaels. Well, it is the Bill Michaels Show. It's Tim Allen in for Bill, and there's Joe Zenzola, Evan Heffelfinger. Yes, that is his name. There's Evan Heffelfinger. That's a great name. That really is. Uh, filling in this Thursday edition, and uh, A.J. Hawk, former Packers linebacker, will join us here in a little bit less than one hour from right now, so stick around for that. Um, and uh, defensively for the Green Bay Packers, uh, you have to remember where these guys came from. And just rewind the clock one year ago, and we all know what happened in San Francisco. And, and a lot of you wanted uh, – Wanted a defensive coordinator change at that point. I think, what were they against the rush, uh, Joe, last year? I think maybe 28th or 29th, somewhere in there. I mean, uh, they, That wouldn't surprise me. They were god-awful. Yeah, they were bad. I mean, legit bad. Now, I don't know if it was personnel, if it was coaching, whatever it was, but they were you – know, when you get a uh, NFC title game in which uh, the opposition uh, makes, what, eight passing attempts – that was amazing last year, what San Francisco did. It literally, I, I never, if you'd have told me in all my years of watching football that in any conference title game, that the winning team in a landslide win would have attempted eight passes, I'd have said, you're nuts. There's just no chance of that. But that's what occurred. And they gave up a mountain of yards on the ground. Uh, screaming for some changes. It didn't happen. Now they improve. Now, I, I will say that they're not one of the top rush defenses. But they are, what, 13, 14 in the league, which is good enough. And I know there's been many discussions on this show about, you know, you don't need that that Baltimore Ravens Super Bowl defense or the 85 Bears defense. You, you don't necessarily need that with what you've got offensively. You just got to maintain maybe an upper third, a top 10, 12 kind of defense. And that's where they're at. And that's why the success right now. Again, despite that rush defense last year, they still ended up with that 13-3 and mark. Follow that up with a much better defense and a 13-3 and mark. Now you've got the recipe for a big-time finish here. And that's just the reality of it. They are playing probably as well as you could play. Now, you're always going to have room for improvement. We're all aware of that in any, any facet of life, uh, including your football defense. But um, Mike Patton has, has made some changes here. Now the personnel is a little more experienced. You do have, have some back end that is pretty good on the shutdown. And, and see, that's where the stars 
uh, Joe may have lined up here. Because in today's NFL world of just wild offenses, I mean, points are just at an all-time high here this year. Your pass defense stepped up a little bit and, and gained some experience and gained some numbers and some seeding, if you will. Jair Alexander is a huge part of that. And, and get ready for this, this cat to be you know, one of the better corners in all of football for a while. And then King stepping up. And then Gary stepping and And it's just a snowball effect, and it leads to the front end, which now you've you know, brought in Harrison, and, and you know, maybe that's going to improve things even a little bit more. You held Derrick Henry to under 100 yards in a snow game. I mean, which to me was a little surprising because I thought that game was going to be more of an on-the-ground game, and it was on the Packers' side of things to a degree. Uh, A.J. Dillon, the downhill runner, and the running with some with some steam downhill was a big part of that. Um, but they still threw the ball, and, and even Tennessee threw the ball a little bit. But point being, they held Derrick Henry uh, to under 100 yards. There's a guy that, you know, 2,000 yards rushing, and they got him to, what, 94, 98 yards or something like that in, in that final game. That being said, is that defense good enough now and see, the, even that's a little negative because I think they're better than good enough. Would you agree with that, Joe, that good enough might be, might be a little negative on that? No, I, I, I have really bought into this defense over the last several weeks, and I've been saying this for a while now that you know, I, I didn't think this Packers defense was capable of improving. Like, I just kind of accepted the fact that this is what you got. This is this is what it's going to be every single week that the defense yeah, it's gonna is going to be Dom Capers. Yeah, it's <laughs> and your defense is going to have a hard time getting off the field, and thus it's going to lead more shootouts. And that's what you just have to deal with, and that's going to be the Achilles heel in the playoffs. And that that is what could bring you down. But that hasn't been the case. Like, I if, if the Packers defense – could pass the test against Tennessee and contain Derrick Henry, that to me would signify that this is for real, that this is a better group, and they know what they're doing. And they held Derrick Henry to under 100 yards. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they passed that test for me. So I do believe that this is a better group going forward. And Mike Patton made a point yesterday that there's a key reason for that, and he says that these guys are better prepared each week. Take a listen to this. In that time, you know, prepping is not just in the building, but when they leave the building. You know, guys have to have their iPads at home. They have access to all the to all the video, uh, you know, all the material that we give them. I think that's a big part of it because because I think we've been very dialed in, very prepared. You know, and the, and the cliche that we we use around here, but I mean, it's it's. Um, confidence through preparation you know it's hard to walk into walk into a stadium and be ready to play and be confident if you're if you don't quite know you know you don't quite have a, the feel that you should but if you're locked in and 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 know a lot of what the opponent's going to do before they do it then and of course you're, you're going to have a little swag to you yeah good that, time for a that, few more dave schrader I'm, I'm sorry joe and 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 that really was part of it last year also was that i think the offensive schemes on the other side of the ball they didn't get too exotic with their formations. And and what happened was that there was no personnel changes. They were just wearing down the front seven of the Green Bay Packers last year. And no personnel changes. In order to get a breather, it was, hey, man, we, we're going to have to waste a time out here. We're going to have to flop. 
And yes, I did say that because that does go on in the NFL. No you question. Do get a, you get a couple of free timeouts. And I'm not blaming any, any one team or one player, uh, Zadarius Smith. But um, I, I think it's uh, done very methodically, and I think it's brilliant. I do. Um, but along those lines, that's what San Francisco did. It was just simply ground and pound. And they couldn't change, and they were on their heels, and the, they lost the confidence. They knew. The Packers knew late in the season last year when they were facing uh, a pretty predominant running football offense that they weren't they weren't as confident, and it's it certainly showed in the NFC title game. You just heard Patton right there, Joe, talk about you know that confidence level going in. I think they're extremely confident about stopping the run. Uh, the Derrick Henry game stands out. David Montgomery after that, of course, but uh, that that was the true test of this Packer rush defense. It was Derrick Henry, and they will look back at this uh, when they're hoisting the trophy. They may look back in, in some stories, a little deeper deeper dives into, into some of these storylines. I think you're going to hear some of the comments about looking back at that game in which they held Derrick Henry in check, and it put so much pressure on a Ryan Tannehill, on a, uh, an, an A.J. Brown and a Corey Davis on the outside. But, but again... We come full circle, and it started with the back end of that defense, Joe. I'm convinced of that. It started with the back end. It started with the pass defense. Absolutely. And two guys that have been really key in this and have certainly elevated their games has been Adrian Amos and also Darnell Savage. And it is nice to see some of the fruits of that draft class from two years ago finally making a difference. And that was something Mike Pettin made another point about yesterday. For, you know, First and foremost, it's, a, it's those guys – just getting a lot of repetitions together uh, and not having a, you know, an off season and, and, a, and a training camp. Uh, you know, a lot of those, a lot of those really don't get that many, that many live reps. Uh, and, and the safety position is so important that the, uh, there needs to be great communication between the two of them. Uh, and they just have such a good feel for, for what we're doing, you know, what our strengths are, kind of where they need to go. Just the whole, the whole, just getting the feel and getting the experience in season. And, and I just think they've, they've, you know, improved. Um, you know, these are guys that, that rarely repeat a mistake, which is, which is a big thing in our room of, you know, don't be a repeat offender. And, and they do a great job of, of, uh, you know, not, not doing that. So, um, you know, and Adrian's veteran presence, uh, I'm sure is just from a prep standpoint, I, I know has helped uh, Darnell, but, I mean, these are these are the types of guys you love to coach. I mean, they they're, they're passionate. You can tell they love football. Uh, that you know, they ask great questions. That you know, they they want to be great, uh, and they want to do everything they can to help us win. So, uh, you know, fortunately, they're it's a great example of of guys that that have great preparation habits, great practice habits. Uh, you know, do everything they're supposed to do off the field, and and uh, and we get positive results on on the field. And it makes you wonder uh, defensively how it's going to match up against a particular opponent. For example, how's that defense going to match up against uh, a Tom Brady, Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense, where they've got some weapons. And, And as a matter of fact, the weapons are getting a little bit better by the week. If you look at Tampa Bay's season, you know, that's a, that's a new system for Tom Brady, the field general, if you will. 
I mean, there was some adjustment periods, some chemistry going on with a Mike Evans or a Chris Godwin. Gronk has been there, but that's still a new system. Now, how does that defense for Green Bay match up against that offense, Ronald Jones and Fournette? They got a ground and pounder in in Fournette, and they've got the guy that can go the distance in in Ronald Jones. So they do have the weapons, and it makes you just kind of think about it, because that's what we do here with with the Packers on a bye. They don't we don't know who they're going to play. You, you wonder about a Michael Thomas and an Alvin Kamara. And Kamara might be the guy. That might be the test right there. If there is a uh, Saints and Green Bay matchup, you know, how's that going to shake out? Uh, the Rams? Mm. <laughs> I mean, I, I think they're ca- fully capable and just a few years removed from the Super Bowl. I, I don't th- see that as a big threat. What about Seattle? And you wonder how this defense matches up against the Russell Wilson and the Chris Carson, and, and bookend wide receivers that may be the best tandem when you look at Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. That does make you wonder about this defense. We'll, we'll uh, hit a break here and come back. Maybe a little bit of what uh, we would consider a little bit of breaking news on the other side, so stick around for that. Uh, we'll get into, uh, we talked about the defensive coordinator, Mike Patton there. We'll get into the offensive coordinator after the break as well. And Joe Zenzola, you are in along with uh, Tim Allen. That's me and for Bill Michaels and uh, a message from Joe Zenzola. Yes, and I think you all should listen very carefully because I have a deal for you. Hyundai West Dallas, that is where I got my car, and that's where I think you guys should get your car as well. And again, this goes for everyone across the state of Wisconsin. Hyundai West Dallas is willing to come to you. Just go to HyundaiWestAllis.com. They will work with you digitally to buy your new car, and they will send it to you. That's right. It's it's everything that they're doing right now, and they're ahead of a lot of other dealerships in the state. So this is what they're doing. It's a new year, and the deals are still rolling at Hyundai West Dallas. They had a record-setting year in 2020, and they're looking to come out of the gates on fire. They have a huge inventory of new 2020 and 2021 Hyundais in stock. To continue the momentum, they have decided to continue with the $500 savings for you, just for you. And what does that include? If you mention me, my name, Joe Zanzola or Radio Joe, it doesn't matter, you will receive an extra $500 off any new vehicle in stock. Plus, as long as the green and gold are still playing, mention them and myself and receive an extra $750 off. Hyundai West Dallas also will beat any other Wisconsin dealer's pricing. So not only will you receive their award-winning customer service, their amazing response to COVID-19, you will also get the best pricing in town. Hyundai West Dallas, located just off of Highway 100 between Lincoln and National Avenues. Visit them in person, or for those of you around the state, just go to HyundaiWestDallas.com. They will work with you online. And make sure when you go there, you mention my name and our favorite team from Green Bay. You're listening to the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. And welcome back, Wisconsin. It is the Bill Michaels Show. Tim Allen in for Bill. Zola is here. Evan Heffelfinger is here. That is his name. He's going to talk more because we have some Brewers breaking news. But first... Some breaking news uh, from Green Bay concerning the offensive coordinator, Joe. Yeah, and this doesn't surprise me at all. All breaking news here on the Bill Michael Show brought to you by Mercedes-Benz Vans. You can find out how far an extra mile really goes. 
Nathaniel Hackett did a virtual interview today for the head coaching position with the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, I don't understand that uh, with the Falcons, from the Falcons' perspective. Um, because I think they, they've got their guy. I like Raheem Morris a lot, and those of you – you know, that have uh, listened to the fantasy show uh, in Milwaukee th- throughout this season. You guys know I've been a big fan of his. However, I think there were some, well, there was a situation in Tampa when he was at the helm there in which there was controversy of some sort. And it, 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 it escapes me, but I, I, I'm not sure. But I do, I did like the turnaround with Atlanta. You could, you could see a difference in, in the results. Uh, with the Atlanta Falcons. Now, they're a team, out of all the teams without head coaches right now, and it looks to be six of them, they might be the worst of all six of those jobs, Joe, when you think about it. They have such aging players, you know, and and a Matt Ryan and Julio Jones and a – now, what do you think? I, Todd Gurley, I mean, he had a nice little first six or seven games here this year and then just uh, did what Todd Gurley does and just disappear late in the season. I think that is the biggest challenge out of all these head coaching jobs. You can take a look at Detroit. Uh, I think they have a, 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 a an arrow that's pointed up. Certainly the Chargers, that'd be a great gig uh, with Justin Herbert. So, I mean... Atlanta might be in a little bit of trouble, but congrats to, uh, uh, to the, uh, Packers for, you know, I mean, that's, that's off the now Lafleur coaching tree. <laughs> if there is such a thing in two years, uh, it's been an amazing situation. Other breaking news. We go to Evan Heffelfinger in the situation room and he's got uh, brewers information. <laughs> Timmy, the brewers just got your boy. I'm assuming we'll probably find out he will be your boy when the season happens. I, I don't even know his name right now, but I know he's my boy. His name is Pablo Reyes, and the Brewers signed him, him to a minor league deal. He's a 27-year-old. He played for the Pittsburgh in parts of two seasons. A career 664 OPS uh, has not gotten above one win above replacement for his career. Was also suspended mm-hmm. 80 games last season for PEDs which is he's not a home run hitter, so that's interesting to see that. Um, but he's a utility guy. Uh, baseball reference lists, lists him as an outfielder, pinch hitter, and second baseman. And it's a move. The Brewers did so something. It, whoop de they, they, they Well, they did. And, uh, yeah, you know, you never know. You, you don't mm-hmm. ever know. Baseball's a, a kind of a kooky thing at times. Uh, he, can, he can be right there in the uh, same column as uh, Tim Lopes. That they uh, signed. No relation to Davey Lopes. But well, Tim I, Lopes, another utility guy. Look, I'd rather have Pablo Sanchez on my team than... Well, there's no denying that. Yeah, I mean, if I, Tim, I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. Maybe Ty played backyard baseball on his computer back in the day. Right. Uh, Pablo Sanchez was like one of the best like kid <laughs> baseball players that you could draft Him, for your team. Him, Pete Wheeler, and Ahmed Khan. Those are the Ahmed goats. Khan <laughs> was the best, yes. <laughs> okay, mm-hmm. all right. Fair enough. So Pablo Pablo Reyes? Yes. Reyes, yes. Okay. I have gotcha. more breaking news, more baseball breaking news. Mercedes-Benz Shoot. is getting their money's worth. Uh, yeah, they they are. are. the According to John Heyman, our Radio.com MLB insider, the New York Mets are close to getting Francisco Lindor from the Indians. Mm. Really? Yep. Wow. Almost spit up my coffee there. Uh, Jeff Passon says that the Mets are deep into talks on a deal to acquire Lindor. 
So the Mets apparently now want to compete. I well, that's nice. Good for them. Well, the the bigger markets this year, guys are going to have an advantage. They just are. They they just have more money to work with now. It, it'll be more prevalent. It's always been prevalent, but I think it's going to become even more prevalent now because of the market size. Just have more money to deal with. That's just the reality of all of this. And the economic structure of baseball has got to change. But you will see that, and we're seeing that with Milwaukee. And speaking of money and finances, we will get into that conversation a little bit later on in the show. Um, How offended are you going to be with the Brewers? See, the Brewers, for me, can't do much wrong. I just love them so much. You know, it's it's unconditional. (laughs) It just is. Um, But you guys, different story. And, and I understand the frustration, and we'll get into that conversation uh, in a little while. We talked about the Green Bay Packers' defense. Let's get into their offense a little bit. And, and again, as, as you heard in, in last hour, uh, that interview with Solomon Wilcots, that, you know, watching Aaron Rodgers do his thing this year, he is playing so loose. The offense itself is discovering new weapons as the season has progressed. You see a, a Tunyon. I still have a tough time going from Tanyan to Tunyon. But you see that tight end position just starting to evolve a little bit. Um, Devontae has, has stepped up to be the best wide receiver in the game of football right now. I don't know necessarily if you could have said that last year. You certainly, and I'm confident in saying that, he's the best wide receiver playing NFL football today. Agreed. And then Aaron Rodgers, well, I get to Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones, solid as a rock. It's going to be interesting to see what they do with him moving forward for sure. But a stud, a top five back. You had some injuries, Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley. I mean, you had some studs. Zeke just is nothing. So Aaron Jones, a top five back. But behind him, as again, Wilcott said, you know, Jamal Williams is no slouch, and, and A.J. Dillon is just ready to blossom here. And you watch for a game that needs to be salted away offensively, Joe. A.J. Dillon showed us a lot, and that's the closer for the Green Bay Packers offense. And I think everybody probably knows it by now. He runs a downhill style. He's a force runner. He's a north-south runner. He's not going to dazzle with, with a, a 68-yard touchdown scamper. After breaking, uh, you know, busting a move on the outside, no, that's not him. But a closer, when you need a first down, when you when it's second and seven, you create a third and one, and you give it to him again. That bodes very well for this offense. Well, I was a little surprised though in that game against the Bears, where the Packers had short down and distances, third and one, second mm-hmm. and one, third and three. Me too. Why not use A.J. Dillon in those situations? I mean, he just proved to you two weeks ago that this guy can just be a bulldozer, so why not go to him in those kind of situations? Like, that that to me, if there was anything that really bothered me in that game, it was situations like that where it's like, it's the most obvious thing in the world. You've got a bulldozer. Use him that way. To, to follow up after what he did against Tennessee. To follow that up. I, I think there's two things there, Joe. Maybe... And I'm just, you know, just throwing this out there. It, it may have been one of a couple of different reasons. One would be, you know, you don't want to show the, the playoff teams too much. 
Now they got a little taste. It was snowy. Jamal was out. Aaron uh, Jones got got dinged up, and and so it was sort of a forced thing. When in reality, it may have been a planned thing. So don't make it. You know, don't forecast it moving forward. That could have been one. The sure. other one is the other one is. I, I think the mark of a graduation point in the NFL with young running backs is what happens after you fumble the first time. What happens when you turn the ball over in a huge, huge situation or a huge game. I think they want to avoid that until next year. <laughs> I do. That doesn't mean they're not going to use him, but just didn't, you didn't want him going into the playoffs with that sort of sentiment of, of losing the football. So it may have been a protecting sort of thing. Uh, I, I'm, just, I'm just speculating on, on why they wouldn't use him on the short down and distance. I, I agree with you. I just thought that – now, maybe maybe they could have got him some more seasoning in case you know you got to lean on this dude again. But yeah. I loved the pick, second round, out of Boston College when it happened. A lot of people did not like that pick. Well, they didn't like the first round pick, let alone the second round pick. Hell, you've got Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones. What are you doing screwing around with a running back? Or the third round pick, or even the third. <laughs> All of those things, man. Hey. We'll see. And, you know, it's one of the questions I want to ask um, A.J. Hawk when we, when we talk to him in about a half hour. And that is, uh, you know, he played for Green Bay through the transition of a Favre to Rodgers. I mean, he was in, in, in the thick of that thing. So what are the other Packers going through through a potential transition from Rodgers to love and how that all – is going to shake out because he was, uh, again, he was right there. So we'll talk to him in about a half hour. We'll, t- we'll take a break here. So Bill Michaels show, a Thursday edition. Tim Allen, Joe Zenzola filling in today. Border to Border, the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. Yeah, welcome back, Wisconsin. It is the Bill Michael Show. Tim Allen, Joe Zenzola, Evan Heffelfinger. Uh, we will have uh, some more Brewers conversation coming up in uh, just a little while. Stick around for that. A.J. Hawk, former Packers linebacker, uh, will join us here in in. So stick around for that. And uh, what else do we have? Oh, uh, odds of winning the Super Bowl, winning the conference, winning the divisions, all before the season started. Pretty interesting. Uh, now the field is set uh, for the postseason in the NFL, but I, I find it rather interesting when you, when you go back in time and you take a look at you know what is to happen. Now you fast forward. Uh, we're on the eve of the uh, first round of the playoffs, Super Wild Card Weekend, and the AP Pro 32 um, poll is out there of the final rankings after the regular season. Where does Green Bay come in? We will have that for you. In just a little bit, uh, continuing our conversation about the uh, Green Bay Packers. And off, we talked about the defense. Offensively, we did make mention of Devontae Adams. And, and this has been pretty well spotlighted, I think. Uh, it, it could go just a little bit more. Now, I don't know what they're talking about on the national scene. But I do know in these parts, I mean, that deal between – Rodgers and Adams, it's like it's unstoppable. Now, I will say this. Um, 
for the love of God, if you're playing against Green Bay, I don't know if you noticed this, Joe. I'm sure you did. Against Chicago in the red zone. Against uh, Tennessee in the red zone. I don't care what the formation is. How in the world are you one-on-one with Devontae Adams? In fact, there was one of the scores that he was wide open in the end zone. I mean, I, I get there was a break. I get a breakdown here or there. It didn't look like that in a couple of these games down the stretch. So I don't know if if that's an ego thing on the defensive side. We'll take it. But Devontae is uh, something special. And again, as I said before the break, he is. Um, he certainly is the best receiver in football. I don't know who, who would be up there with him. I mean, you see DK Metcalf and you see the trajectory that he's on. I think DK Metcalf has, has a chance to be the best wide receiver in football. Fast forward, you know, three years, four years. I don't know who it would be. It's certainly not Julio Jones. Michael Thomas can't stay on the field. I think it's DeAndre Hopkins. I think he's the closest thing to Devontae right now in the league. The problem is he doesn't finish, Joe. That, that's the problem I have. And I agree with you on the yardage. Um, he, he is something special. No question. But when it comes, I mean, there's no TDs. There's hardly any touchdowns with, with DeAndre Hopkins compared to. Everybody knows who Rodgers is going to, and he still catches TDs. I mean, he caps it. He finishes things. Uh, Nathaniel Hackett had some nice things to say about Devontae Adams. I mean, he obviously has great quickness. He he, he can catch the ball anywhere uh, within his frame, outside his frame. I think the big thing for me with Devontae is his flexibility uh, to be able to go anywhere on the field, whether it be motioning, running around, lining up in the slot, lining up as number three, number two, number one. Um, so it just allows us to do so many different things. And his route tree is so huge um, from deep down the field to short intermediate. Um, so it just makes him – you can't just look at him as a guy that's going to line up on one side of the field or he's going to just line up as a single receiver. I mean, he just does so many different things that you have to prepare for that the corners uh, just – I mean, there's just this full route tree that you have to defend. And I think that's something that, that he's done just an amazing job this year. And I think that's going into year two. You take a guy like that um, with his skills and then he starts owning each of those routes, each of those concepts. It just makes him more and more effective. And – I mean, he's been spectacular this whole year. What he's done, I mean, I believe it was only 14 games. Is I mean, it's, I mean, it's it's unbelievable. It's, it's a credit to him. It's a credit to Aaron, uh, everybody uh, across the board. The line blocking for him. I mean, it's it, it's been great to watch. The route tree. Uh, that's that's a, that's a new term for me. I like it. But but he's right in that. I think they disguise a lot of things for Devonte Adams, and that, and that's the thing. That's the mark of a good coach is making what you have better, even though they know, the, the opponent knows. If they, they face a, a Buccaneers defense, you don't think they know what the bread and butter is of this Green Bay Packers offense is? It, it runs through Adams and Rodgers. It doesn't run through the running. They don't run to set up the pass. That's not what they do. I mean, it's, it's a combination of both. I get it. But it is, we're going to throw the football. And it's free form with – it looks free form, I should say, with Aaron Rodgers. And sometimes it is. But that whole loose play of Adam – even when the, when the play breaks down a little bit and Rodgers has to extend, and the chemistry there is just screaming at us that you just can't – you can't write that stuff up 
It's, it's pretty amazing. That's another reason why I think this team is not only going to get a deep run here, they're going to win, win it all. And I don't care who they play in the AFC. I, I really don't. I, you play the Kansas City Chiefs all day long. You want to get in a shootout? A shootout? Okay. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers is going to say, okay, fine. I'll get into a shootout with you. I got a much better defense. It's going to get a stop or two. Kansas City hasn't been what they, they – they haven't been what they were last year. They're still good, and they're still I – could, I could see an epic Super Bowl, Kansas City Green Bay. I mean, I could see that. But offensively, uh, Joe, this team is just, just, just short of amazing. Yeah, and, you know, we always had these questions a couple of years ago when LaFleur took over. Younger guy, you know, he's not far off in age from Aaron Rodgers. Is this going to be the right fit? Can Aaron be able to understand and follow what Matt LaFleur wants? How much, you know, how much power is Matt LaFleur going to give Aaron Rodgers at the line of scrimmage, you know, when it comes to, you know, calling those audibles? I mean, we had all these questions about whether or not this was going to work between these two guys. I mean, you got to find someone that's going to be able to match Aaron's intellect. And this is the best case scenario you could ever ask for. Aaron Rodgers is playing within this system from LaFleur. And sure, there's going to be maybe some differences on how they see things behind the scenes. But at the end of the day, you have an outstanding finishing product. And Nathaniel Hack had talked about that as well. Um, it was just pointing those those simple things out. It's more about, you know, he, he noticed it himself. Uh, I mean, it was it, we were just kind of clarifying it for him. And I think just as he started to get a good feel for the offense, how fast, you know, the ball needs to come out. I mean, we don't want him to get touched. I mean, every time we drop back, we don't want Aaron to ever get touched. And there are going to be times that he has to extend the play, but really it's about getting a completion. And, and his ability to be efficient but still aggressive ha- has been awesome this year. Uh, I mean, we've been – more aggressive down the field and and for people that are watching the game it's it's even more than you think but Aaron has got us into an efficient play or he's taking a check down like you say so I think there's just this this nice common line of a you know efficient means you know you're getting four yards uh, carry or or four yards uh, reception you know you're not you're not really getting big chunks I mean he's just done such a great job at being explosive and yet efficient at the same time and it's just been great it has been great, and I think that was a, a maturation level with the system, not with, certainly not with Aaron Rodgers. And it, it's, it's abundantly clear. They don't want him touched, as you just heard Nathaniel Hackett say. Now, again, what would you do if you're opposing Aaron Rodgers? I mean, how would you beat Aaron Rodgers? Because if you do press, you know he's going to extend and he's going to burn you deep. It's the ability for Aaron. I think it's the smarts of Aaron Rodgers. I think that it's the smarts to understand the disguises that the defensive front is sending at him. I think he knows. It's, 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 it's almost like LeBron James. Seriously. When LeBron says, oh, okay, you're going to do that to me tonight? That's the way you're going to approach me tonight. Okay. Then I'll do this. That's how Aaron Rodgers is. You're going to do this to me today? <laughs> okay. I know how to beat this. Been amazing. And you're seeing it almost every week. All right, we'll take a break. Uh, Packers, uh, should they be where they are? And other teams, should they be where, the, where they are in the, the last poll of the regular season? 
Uh, we'll have that for you coming up. And also uh, A.J. Hawk in just a couple of minutes as well, uh, talking about the Green, Bay's, uh, the Green Bay Packers and their promise to not only get to, but to win a Super Bowl. You're listening to The Bill Michaels Show. 16 stations strong. The Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. Now, a green and gold update. Brought to you by Concordia University, Wisconsin Veteran Services Department. Learn how to use your military benefits at cuw.edu slash veterans. In Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers are back on the practice field for some light workouts. The coaches have been reviewing tape during the bye week. Billy Turner has moved to left tackle after David Bakhtiari suffered a torn ACL in practice a week ago today. Lucas Patrick has stepped in at right guard. How did they do against the Bears? We spoke to offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett. I mean, that that whole line, I mean, talk about true professionals. Uh, Having the adversity that we had last week um, and then watching Billy go in there, Lucas come back in. And at the level they competed across the board versus a very good Chicago Bear defense. And Charles Woodson is a finalist, along with Leroy Butler, for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Woodson says the 2010 season in Green Bay was the most important of his career. At the end of that year, you can hold the Lombardi Trophy. Like, that's what it's all about. You know, when when people talk about NFL being the ultimate team game, that's what solidifies you being a great team is being able to hold the Lombardi. That's former Packer Charles Woodson. In Green Bay, I'm Mike Clemens. Yeah, welcome back. It is the Bill Michaels Show, a Thursday edition. Tim Allen just hanging out talking sports with you guys. Nice to uh, nice to get a little work in. Um, we've all been affected by everything that's going on or went on in 2020, and hopefully things uh, even 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 slowly improve for everybody. And it looks like some of that is happening, although in some cases, Joe, uh, you wouldn't know that. Uh, DC yesterday was, uh, was a mess. And, uh, I think everybody can agree with that. Uh, the pandemic getting a little bit better, although the, the, the numbers would say that, oh, I don't know, maybe it's not, but the back by virtue of the vaccine, it is getting better. It is guys. Um, we're getting sports in, you guys are getting back to work, uh, at a more, you know, regular basis. So all of those things, uh, I would just maintain this optimism and the optimism uh, for the Green Bay Packers uh, and you guys and, and, and how you feel about it, I think is at maybe, maybe one of the highest points in, in, in your Packers fandom, if you will. I mean, think about how confident you were last year. Were you confident, compare it to this year, were you confident that they were going to win the Super Bowl last year? Joe, I'll start with you. Compare it to this year. This year, to me, it's over the top. Last year, I was more leaning hopeful because you saw that Kansas City Chiefs thing just rolling. And you saw the San Francisco 49ers just putting things together and things were dropping right for those guys. And you had to go on the road. Compare it this year to last year. 
Last year's team won ugly. That was their reputation week in and week out. There were so many games that easily could have swung the other way. One little thing could have changed the outcome of that game where the Packers are actually on the losing end. So that was their reputation, you know, throughout, you know, I would say the second half of the regular season and then into the playoffs. I had a hard time thinking that this team could get to a Super Bowl. Then I started to buy into this, I guess, false hope because, okay, so what? They're winning ugly. They're winning. Who cares? At the end of the day, if they have the W, just that that's what I got to roll with. And I thought at least in that second matchup against San Francisco, Tim, that they won't get blown out again. They won't get embarrassed like they did in the regular season. This team, they're going to bring it this time around. And then they didn't. And then they even admitted the fact that they really weren't fully prepared like that was that was the most frustrating part of it so again it's it's taken a couple of months here for me to really be bought in and I do think this team is way better than last year's team even though they had the same record way way better the key element here for me this is what puts me over the top in the in terms of confidence Aaron Rodgers and his fixation on getting the conference title game into Green Bay He's been fixated on that for years. It's no longer in Seattle or Atlanta. You know, it's 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 no longer in San Francisco. He was fixated on that, and he will take full advantage. I'm telling you, we'll, we'll expand a little bit more uh, after the break. A.J. Hawk, former Packers linebacker, will join us up next. It is the uh, Bill Michaels Show, a Thursday edition. There's Joe Zenzola producing uh, the show behind the glass. Is Evan Heffelfinger. My name is Tim Allen. And again, it's Thursday edition of the Bill Michaels Show. Everywhere in Wisconsin, the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.